0: You're listening to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast, the podcast for quick, actionable ideas and tips to help you up your confidence and joy in educating little learners. I'm your host, Ashley Rives. Let's get to the show. Hello, and welcome back to the Lovely Preschool Teachers Podcast. You are listening to Episode 40, How to Teach Literacy Concepts Without Letter of the Week. All right, let's jump in. Raise your hand if you were or are a Letter of the Week teacher. I am currently raising my hand because I once taught preschool using Letter of the Week. Letter of the Week seems so logical. You teach one letter a week, and by the end of the year, it's like, voila, letters are covered. You know you covered all the letters, so it feels like we're good to go, right? Right? Well, it turns out that what we know now from research is that Letter of the Week isn't as effective as we wish it was. I am a firm believer in the saying of when you know better, you do better. And this is one of those times where research is telling us something different and now we can know better. But why is Letter of the Week not best? What is research actually telling us? Well, for starters, research is telling us that when we teach letters in isolation, children have no way to connect those letters to something meaningful and relatable. So if you think about it, just because you may relate A to apple with letter of the week, doesn't mean that children make a meaningful connection to apples. They may not even like apples. So A for apples may not reach all students. Or let's say you pick something like S is for skunk. Maybe they've never really seen a skunk, or maybe all they know about skunks is that they stink and they want to stay away from them. So that would mean skunk is really not that relatable to every child. And in reality, we are going to have a hard time finding things for Letter of the Week that actually are relatable and meaningful for each child in our classroom. So that's the first reason is research is telling us that it needs to be meaningful and relatable. Another reason why Letter of the Week is not best is because research is telling us that letter learning isn't linear. It doesn't fit on this line and it's different for every child. So as much as we would like to be able to say if I start with these letters and go through this progression of letters that they're gonna get it because that makes sense for us, Research is telling us that that is not how children are learning letters. It's not linear, and it's a different path for every child. It's going to look like all your children picking up different letters at different times on their own path because they're learning letters that are meaningful to them, which you know, again, is not the same for each child. So this makes it harder for us, much harder for us, because we really don't know where to go because this linear path isn't going to work. The last reason that I have for you that makes Letter of the Week not the best is that it doesn't lend itself well to differentiation. When you're using Letter of the Week, all children are working on the same letter at the same time. This doesn't take into account whether they're even ready for letter learning or not, or if they already even know that letter and they're ready to move on to something else. So when we're using this approach and all the children are getting the same letter at the same time, we really aren't taking into account our children who are not there yet or our children who are way past this. And so we're leaving some opportunities on the table And we may be making some children frustrated or even not wanting to learn about letters in general because they weren't ready for it to begin with. So let's recap. Children need meaningful connections to letters. Letter learning isn't linear and letter of the week doesn't support differentiation. And I wanna take a moment to stop right here because if you're like me, and you really try the very best for your students when you realize you're doing something that really doesn't meet what the research is telling us and isn't really the best way that we could be doing it, you might let some guilt creep in there. And I know I definitely felt that way. And I just want to help you get through that and know that, you know, as human beings, we are learning too. We're constantly trying things for our children. And, if it's not working or it's been proven to not work, then we have the opportunity to kind of move on from that. So please don't get yourself down if this is something that you have done in your classroom or you're currently doing in your classroom because we are all learners too and we're all on our own path of learning and helping our littles learn. So just remember that when you know better, you do better and just do the best you can in the moment. And if now you're wondering, so now what do I do? (laughs) I get that. That is a good question, right? We're used to, with letter of the week, having this path laid out for us and knowing exactly what we're doing and saying that, yes, we covered these letters. And so letting go of that is not easy. It's definitely going to take some mind shifts on your part to say, I'm going to trust the process and trust my children when it comes to letter learning. But that doesn't mean that we're not going to offer them ample opportunities for letter learning. It's just going to look a bit, a little bit different. So what do we do? Well, the first thing we do is we start with the most meaningful letter for each preschooler, and that is the letter starting their name. Why? Well, because their letter is super meaningful because they are very egocentric. It's all about them. And so this works really well. And so that very first letter of their name is hugely important to them. You can't get any more meaningful than that. So we start there. We start with introducing that this is your letter, finding it around the room, making sure that they have it in front of them, you know, in different places in the room. We can do like little mini lessons around recognizing their letters. We can do transitions where we pull a stick and, oh, whose letter is this? Oh, yes, that's your A. A starts Ashley. And then, you know, they can go on with their transition. We just infuse these little pieces of letter learning, but we first focus on those letters of our students. So if you have 10 students, you may have 10 different letters, or maybe you have duplicates, so you only have eight letters that you're focusing on one time. But I use these specific letters in everything that we do. If we're playing a game around letters, those are the letters I choose to focus on. If I'm setting up a literacy center with letters, those are the letters I focus on. So we are really driving home this idea of focusing on your own letter. And what happens is when we're doing that, they're not only picking up just their letter, they're oftentimes picking up the letters of their friends because it's meaningful. They share the same space in the classroom. They play together. They become friends. And so this makes it super meaningful. Oh, now I know that that little shape right there, that C represents my friend Clara. So using these letters first not only helps them get engaged with it and love this idea of it but it makes it so incredibly meaningful then once we've kind of forged this path of see letters are awesome letters are cool letters can stand for important things in your life then we can move on to any known sibling or family member names i often have multiple siblings year after year and so i know their families well And the benefit to that is that we can talk about some of their siblings or maybe the siblings that drop off, a lot of the kids will get to know them because, you know, they're right at the door, they're saying hello to them, or they come into the room a little bit. And so they know that sibling, they've seen that sibling. And so we can start talking about those names. And then we also like to start comparing our names, counting the letters, and just becoming interested in these things called letters. And understanding that these letters look a certain way, they have a name, and they even have a sound associated with them. So then later, we're going to start looking at the rest of the letters in children's names, because that's important to them too. You'll start hearing them say, I, I have that letter, or I start with that letter. And maybe it's not their first letter. Maybe it's their last letter, like X for Alex. And he'll say, I I start with that letter. Yeah, you have that letter in your name, don't you? It's at the very end. And so they start picking up on these things naturally. And that's when we can start using our whole group time and our small group time to really make those connections with them. And then we just really look at those letters around us. We read letter books. We infuse as much letter learning as we can into centers. Is it messy? yeah, it is not a linear line. And it is not easy to trust as a teacher that you have given them everything that you need. But is it worth it? A hundred percent. Because we're finding that when we go and reassess children, they're picking up rapid amounts of letters. And we didn't even realize it was happening right in front of our eyes. We are not only helping children learn letters they need to know, we're doing it in a way that doesn't feel like work. And we're doing it in a way that feels natural and fun. And when they learn their way, learning happens quickly. And we are not only helping them learn letters, but we are helping them feel that love of learning. And that love of learning is so incredibly important. That thirst for new knowledge that we see in our preschoolers dwindles as they go up in ages into our school system. So, if we can help them love this idea of letters, love this idea of reading and books and all these great literacy concepts, we are setting a positive foundation. And I want you to kind of think about how that plays into it too. Yes, you have to meet the goal. And meeting the goal sometimes means some rigorous things in certain places and in certain, you know, school districts or programs. But what are we doing for that love of learning? What are we doing for that wanting, desiring to learn more as we're meeting that one goal? I also encourage you to look at your own state standards and really understand what the expectations are for when they're entering kindergarten. If your state doesn't really have a lot of pre-K specifics, go to kindergarten. And that's what I did. I went to kindergarten in Missouri, really dove into the literacy section, and was learning that they don't need to know their letters till the end of kindergarten. So when we have parents coming back from a kindergarten screening, being told that yes, they do need to know them before they enter kindergarten is frustrating as a preschool teacher. And so I choose not to meet the kindergarten teacher's expectations. I choose the state expectations because I'm on the side of my children. If they're not ready to learn these things yet, and they are not as far down the path, me pushing them and pushing them and making... It's something that feels icky and something that feels shoved down their throat is going to hurt their love of learning right off the bat. And they're only in preschool, right? They've got how many more years of it? And that child's not ready. And I feel like I have to be the advocate for that. So I stand firm next to what our state standards tell us and not what our expectations from the local districts are because it's about my children, not about what's easier for teachers. But I encourage you to really look at what is the expectation and helping parents understand that expectation as well. This is what it actually says. This is what we actually need to have, you know, have met going into kindergarten. Because I do hear that a lot. Our kindergarten teachers want this, well, they can want all they want, but if it's not best for our children and some of our children aren't there yet, why are we pushing? Why aren't we giving them the time they need when the expectation is actually the end of kindergarten? So I like to keep all that in mind. It really helps me implement literacy in this way because there is time. There is time. And I am that first step. I'm that first rung of the ladder. So I encourage you to do that. Really be clear on where you really are supposed to be and not just what people have told you they want. If you are looking for more information on implementing literacy into your preschool classroom without letter of the week, I have a training coming up. It's called Three Mistakes to Avoid to Rock Early Literacy in Your Preschool Classroom. And you actually just learned about mistake number one from the training. It's using Letter of the Week. And if you want to learn the other two mistakes I made in literacy, I want you to go ahead and register. The live training takes place July 6th at 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. There will be a replay and there will be a training certificate. So I'll leave a link to register at the show notes at www.lovelycommotion.com slash episode 40. And I hope to see you there. Have a lovely rest of your day. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoy this podcast, please share it with a friend. This helps me spread the word and help more preschool teachers just like you. Keep being lovely.